In Leinster's 13th match of the season against the team lying 13th in the URC, it looked like our luck had run out until it didn't. It's time to start harping on rugby. to Harpen on Rugby. My name is Jeff Pagano, and once again, I've been joined by my fellow fans to harp on what's going on with Leinster, Ireland, and the wider rugby world. This week, my first guest contributor is back earning cap number 42. Welcome to Mr. Neil Kigo Keegan. How are we? I am the Munster correspondent again, uh, so let's see what trouble we can get into. Ah. I hope you're all well. And if you're, if you're watching on video, um, he's coming to us from the back of the South Stand and the RDS as well tonight. So fair play to him. Somehow in daylight as well, <laughs> even though it's, it's, it's the evening time, but it's amazing how he does that. Fair play to you, man. And uh, this week, um, our second guest may have only half the caps with 21, but he's speaking to us from over, well over double the distance away. So that has to even things out somehow. From the great rock of Gibraltar, hello to you, Mr. Richard Mifsuds. Good evening and happy new year to you guys. Indeed. Good to see you. Right, gents, before we get to our main topic of discussion, we're going to do a feature we call the front five where we pick out five eye-catching eight chasing stories from around the rugosphere so we can offer a few quick thoughts starting with yourself kigo as you say you're our monster correspondent and <laughs> you know the random draw just happened to give you this article to begin with it's from the irish examiner and the, simon lewis and the headline is monster secure vital bonus point win against the lions Absolutely. And for the second time speaking to you, Jeff, I will not be speaking badly about Munster. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they, they've got to win everything between now and the end of the season, and they did it again. Now, you know what I mean? It's 33-3, impressive scoreline, rotten day in Thelma Park. I loved the atmosphere. Um, I loved the noise. I loved the light show. I love all that sort of stuff. I love Jack O'Donoghue and Kendallan. I love those two players. I think they really do a great job. Uh, tries from all over the pitch. Um, they kept the penalty count in their own half down, so only four in that half. They did concede more going forward, which they can tidy up. But the defensive side of the ball is improving. Um, they forced more tackles out of the opposition. And look, it's not really about the opposition anymore. It's just about them winning. And they, they, they've done it for the second week in a row. So uh, third week in a row. So, you know, I really don't have anything bad to say about them. Fair play to you, Munster. I feel dirty. Well, there you go. You've just lost us another 20 Munster Rage listeners. So uh, fair, fair play to you. No, seriously, no, that, 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 that's all true. Uh, we'll, we'll move over to yourself, Rich, for the second article. This is from uh, BBC Sports, and uh, it's also from this weekend's action. And it's uh, Benetton 31, Ulster 29, struggling Irish province suffer late URC defeat in Italy. Yeah, and uh, it continues, doesn't it? It's... Um... <sighs> It, it's it's difficult to put your finger on it. I think it's I, I think it's more uh, something in the headpiece for for Ulster. I th- I don't think they've recovered yet, and without wishing to to harp on this point, but I don't think they've they've yet recovered from that second half against us. Um, I mean, yeah, they they're not you know they're not the only ones who haven't recovered. We we uh, as in Ireland had an issue with. Uh, when we got mullered by uh, by England at Twickenham, and and that lasted for the better part of two years um, until the new Renaissance. Uh, so it you know it it does happen uh, to teams, and, and I really do think that that's their problem. They they just seem to have this issue where I think they've forgotten how to win. They 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 become a bit too one dimensional, which you know against. Decent teams, and let's face it, uh, things need to be put into context. Benetton are more than a decent side; they are a very good side, especially at home. Uh, so you know they, they just keep having these issues. Um, and, you know, it, it it'll come. They, they they will find a way at some stage. They're far too good a team not to be not to uh, not to find a way, uh, and and they will do that. I, I'm 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 sure. Whether that's sooner or later, that that depends. But uh, but I think they'll be back. Yes. 
Okay, for our third um, for our third article this week, um, we're going to do uh, something a little bit different. Instead of looking at the regular rugby sphere, we're having our own bit of journalism with uh, Connor Cronin providing us uh, with this report from um, the other Leinster team in action on Saturday. It was the Leinster women in the Interpros against Connacht, and uh, he was there at the uh, Energia Park, and this is what he had to say. In what was Leinster's first competitive start in over a year, it was a great day for some running rugby as the rain had held off. And although there was quite a strong wind, it didn't discourage a good crowd from showing up in support of both provinces. Now, whether it was the lack of game time or the fact that this team included so many debutantes looking for their opportunity to shine, the first half hour was a pretty error-strewn affair with some really good opportunities being lost to a knock-on or indeed the stingy Connacht defence who were really working hard all day. But it was clear from early on that Leinster had the dominant scrum and line-out, both of which were working well to create chances which just couldn't be converted at the time. But on 35 minutes, the girls in blue finally got themselves together, getting themselves, as hooker Jess Keating worded it after the match, uh, getting themselves into their stride. Ella Roberts may have been the try scorer for that first try, but it was thanks to some great works by her fellow backs. And only three minutes later, Senator Eva Dalton, who went on to win player of the match, had a great turnover that eventually made its way to Doyle, who stepped back inside, left her acres of space to get in under the posts. Connacht were going to get the last score of the half as Leinster were penalised and the kick between the posts was excellently struck by their out half Fowley and that left the halftime score as 14 points to 3. The second half was certainly the more exciting from a try perspective with Leinster's first try the result of a missed Connacht penalty and some great running lines by Corey and Haney but it was a chip over the top that was taken well by O'Byrne White for Leinster's third try. Our fourth came from great forwards work as the mall gained about 13 metres only to be held short of the line. But quick hands gave Jenny Murphy, who was back at centre for this game, the space to cross the try line. At this stage, with O'Brien kicking well, Leinster were 26 points to three up. And a small voice to my right, uh, one of my children who I'd brought to the game, asked if that meant Leinster were going to win. And my answer was, well, we hope so. But this was Connacht's time for a really good purple patch, putting immense pressure on Leinster, who were working very hard to keep them out, only for Fowley to spot green space behind the defence, and a crossfield kick bounced really well for Orla Dixon to take the ball and score. Fowley's conversion from the touchline was probably the best, uh, the best place kick of the day, and she really showed her skill set in just that short few minutes. Uh, but at 76 minutes, Leinster crossed for try number five as the scrum dominated again. And a quick tap from Scuffle McCabe got Leinster into the right part of the pitch where good rooking and quick hands gave Kate Whelan the try. And Leinster weren't done as Jenny Murphy crossed for her second of the afternoon following more strong rook defence and good hands uh, on 78 minutes. The final score was to be 38 points to 10 and a really good bonus point win to start this interprovincial series. It's a little worrying to see a couple of the injuries off this match. Uh, Claire Gorman hurt her shoulder, having looked very promising uh, up until that happened. Um, and Ali Coleman came off quite early to what looked like a knee injury. But it's great to see how players just slotted into these positions and the versatility of the players who slotted in as well. Uh, when Coleman came off, it was sub-hooker Aoife Moore packing down at six instead. Uh, with the last kick of the game, it was number eight, Hannah O'Connor, converting Jenny Murphy's try. The skill set of these women playing for Leinster is unquestionable. They absolutely have what it takes. They just need more game time together and they need more fans out there supporting them. And many thanks to Connor for that report. So now we move back to yourself, uh, Kigo. Your article comes from the South Africa Rugby Mag, and uh, the headline is Connet Outclass Second String Sharks. Yeah, they have to throw a little dig in there, don't they? Uh, similar to Munster, they Connet just have to win. I don't care about the opposition. I don't care about the scoreline, or I don't care about how they get to the scoreline. 
they just have to win. And they did it again. You know what I mean? They're, how often have they scored four tries uh, this season so far? So it's a good thing to happen. Um, I'm just, I just had a quick scan of some stats. They were, their tackles made for the first time this season was above 90%. That's a great sign. Um, they, they lost six lineouts, which is the reverse of them against us in the RDS. So it'll be interesting to see how the Murray brothers and everyone navigates that going into going into going on because if they, they lose their line out it's a massive amount of pressure on the rest of the on the rest of the squad um the, the penalties conceded they're only six in their own half 15 in the opposition half so there, there is an issue there obviously but it was good they were rolling they were confident they were playing ball um and you know i even even with my blue jersey on it's good to watch uh, improvements coming but again similar to monster there is a long way to go but if they just keep winning, that's all they need to do. Don't worry about the opposition. Don't worry about second string, third string. Just beat what's in front of you. Absolutely. And they they, they, they definitely did that. Okay, so now we're going um, to yourself, uh, Rich, for the final article. This is from the42.ie. And uh, the headline is, uh, Does Irish Rugby Have Enough Space for the Talent It's Producing? By Murray Kinsella. And what an awesome problem to have. <laughs> uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, that's what it is. Um, I, it's an interesting article, interesting um, in the sense that, well, quite apart from the obvious, which is the the, the fact that uh, the amount of talent that it, that is out there, but it's how you accommodate all that talent. Um, you know, the suggestion that there should be a, a fifth team in Ireland. Uh, I don't think that'll wash because there is an awful lot of provincial, rightly so, rivalry. Uh, and that's what keeps the teams honest. Uh, and where do you, which province do you split, or do you split them all? You know, do you split all four into one and just have this little chunk in the Midlands somewhere? Uh, you know, because um, I wonder which province the majority would want to split. <laughs> well, well, yeah, Can't duh. Well, well, duh. So you know, it, it's you know, the, there was also this suggestion of of buying a um, uh, an English Premiership club, um, and then funneling. Uh, or channeling the, the, those those players through there, I you know I, I clearly haven't got the solution. I, I'm not paid the mega bucks that Newsy Four is, but what I think ought to happen is uh, you need to accommodate these players, otherwise they, they will go. And you've got the Healy uh, suggestion, uh, although the Healy uh, issue at the moment with um, moving off to uh, to Scotland. I think the solution to this is is, is actually quite simple, and, and and the simplicity of it is that you allow the players to play abroad, even though they're centrally contracted. You know there is precedent for this. Johnny played for Ireland when he was playing for Racing. Um, uh, you know, so you need to allow them to come back and play for the national team. What's wrong with playing for Toulouse, Toulon, Saracens, even? <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, and 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 coming back to play for Ireland, there is absolutely absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, there's a lot of teams, a lot of, as in national teams, seem to have this hang up about uh, over this. You know, I, and and I obviously foresee some of the issues, like you know the the, the amount of minutes the the players play, how you know all, all all of these issues, and 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 these issues have to be thought out properly, um, and and then you have the club v country uh, debate that, that the English have, that the French have, uh, you know, how does, how is that accommodated? Uh, is, you know, is it because I pay X amount of, 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 of percentage of their wages that it allows me to tell you, whoever, Leicester Tigers, you know, so-and-so is only going to play this match, this match, and this match, you know? Uh, you need to have that. You need to have that discussion. A priori, any of this is is put into motion. I really don't see the, a, a fifth province. I don't see the purchase of a club at all. The only solution that I see, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm sure there are people who know infinitely far more about rugby than I will ever ever do. Um, will come up with a better idea. But the only solution that I see is allowing players who play abroad to be eligible for selection for the national team. It can only make them better, it can, in, my, in my personal opinion. Okay, that's brilliant. Thanks for that. Uh, that's it for the front five. As always, you'll find all those links in the program notes.
Thanks for that, Jeff, from Sunday night. This is actually Jeff from Monday morning butting in to let you know that myself and Kigo actually carried on the discussion about Ben Healy and the wider topic of keeping Irish players in Ireland. And you'll find it over on our YouTube channel. Just search Harpen on Rugby. And sure, while you're there, why not hit the subscribe button and uh, you see our preview show there every Friday as well as other bonus clips from our pods. Right, that's enough out of me. Back to the show. So now it's time for us to look at our feature match of the week, which was, of course, Ospreys v. Leinster in round 12 of the 22-23 BKT United Rugby Championship. As always, our match wrap pods are brought to you by the Irish Rugby Store. It was a 7.35 p.m. kickoff in Swansea.com Stadium on Saturday evening. The conditions were wet and windy, with the rain starting pretty much the moment the match kicked off. The Ospreys were forced into a late change with their name starting out half. Owen Williams was replaced by the 22-year-old Jack Walsh, who signed for the region from Exeter in mid-2022. But our own young number 10, Harry Byrne, got the match underway and having earned back possession when the Ospreys exit kit was put into touch, a Nicky Smith-Jackal put an end to our first opportunity. And that was just the first sign that the home defence were determined not to let us off to a fast start that we've been used to this season, Kigo. 100%. So uh, you and I have been speaking about the opening attack that we've had all season and how it either frightens the defence of the opposition or scores. Didn't happen. Um, and surprise, like Ospreys, are not the team they used to be. Um, I don't want to offend our massive Ospreys audience, but um, I think they're I both expect- listening tonight. They're they're both listening. They're yeah. both out. Um, but no, like I think they, I think they fancied their chances tonight. They look at the the squad that we had picked to go over. Um, they looked at the bench and they fancied the shot, and they knew what was coming early. And then they they tried to take their shot early. Um, the the defense was was vicious. It was great. To see them do that, the problem was, and I think, um, I think Mark Cohen or someone on, on Twitter was saying at the time, yes, it's great, but the more they do this, the more we are going to end up strangling them. The Leinster Jitsu is going to kick in eventually, because we can always not we can knock on the door a million times. They can't answer the door that many times, but certainly in the beginning of that game, they really stood up and they really went for it. And they really said, "Listen, you guys are going to have to work harder than you expect to get anywhere in this game." And, and that's, that is how it worked out. It took us a while to get into the flow state and all that sort of stuff. But certainly the first, the first while of that game, the defense was, was very, very impressive. If they could do that every single week, they'd be tough to beat. There'd be a lot of teams that, that would struggle with that. Leinster didn't struggle, wouldn't struggle. But um, it was very impressive to watch. They really yeah. stood up. They really made themselves proud. Yeah, definitely. I mean, after that, that Nikki Smith penalty, we went back at them. Mm. It was like 15 phases uh, took us in just in that second minute to, to, to get going. And we, we, we still couldn't get past them. But it wasn't just their defense, which was thwarting us all night, as it turned out. Um, we got our first taste of another area where we were to struggle when they had the game's first scrum after just seven minutes, Rich. Yep. And scrummaging was an issue throughout that match for us. Um, and again, you know, these, these things need, need to be put into context. One of them, and I, you know, I'm shamelessly stealing a, a stat that um, the commentary team had, which was that in the first 12 um, rounds of, of the URC, Ospreys had won 25 scrum penalties. You know, so yes, we weren't at our best, but you know, credit to Ospreys because they have clearly been dominant and this has been uh, uh, an area of strength for them throughout the campaign uh, this season so yeah we weren't at our best uh, and these are the things that you know we'll talk about uh, uh, things um, in more general terms later but these are the things where you want to be tested you don't want to have uh, you know a 60 nil romp every week because when the when you know when when the when the chips are down in the knockout stages and you haven't met and you haven't met this uh in in previous rounds you think oh what's going on by which time it's a bit too late so you know getting mullered at in in defense as kigo has just uh, explained getting mullered in the scrum th- th- these are they may not sound like it but these are good things these are good things it it is good to be tested at this stage of the season. It is always good to be tested at this stage of the season. Otherwise, we'll come a cropper when the better teams, no no disrespect to Ospreys, but the better teams whom we will meet in the knockout stages will come at us. 
Yeah, I mean, if you if you go into you think of any team going into a game with a game plan, you figure we've got a real dominant scrum. We're going to really go after them in the scrum, and we've got to really mm-hmm. focus on our defense, and we're going to hold them out at every time. And if you go into a game knowing you're going to win penalties at the scrum, you're going to hold them out for 15 phases or so, you're going to win more games than you're going to lose. That's for damn sure. Yep. Um, and and you, you have to credit them for, for for starting the way they did. And from that from that first scrum, the penalty tonight, the Ospreys were able to take the lead, courtesy of fullback Kai Evans, who slotted a penalty give them a three nil lead and from the restart they got another attacking chance when Hugo Keenan knocked on an attempted catch at the halfway line and although they didn't win a penalty from this particular scrum they got something even better Kigo. 100% so as you guys are talking about the scrum under a lot of pressure and because of that we started premature engagement uh, which is a problem that all men run into but they uh, we started engaging the scrum too early got pinged for it and um, the this this reminded me of the Carty yellow last week where the quick tap and he had to catch the ball. Um, there was a quick tap here. We didn't fall for that, which is a good thing. Shows shows a little bit of calm, but it took us a little bit to, to reset. Um, the, the number nine, the run the number nine did, my, his name escapes me, apologies. The sniping run through there that opened up the entire side of that pitch was, it was great to watch, great to see. And it was a lovely pass to finish. Really, really great, uh, great line run by run by Giles on that. Great try. Listen, even though it was against us, it's worth watching. It was it was a really, really well worked try. Definitely was. Lots of great tries in this game. Yep. And uh, Evans added the conversion from the touchline to make it 10-0 to the home side after just 15 minutes. And from the restart, Leinster did what they could to get themselves back into it as Scott Penny broke free of them all. And after a few offloads, it was Jimmy O'Brien who got it about 10 meters from the Ospreys line. Although we ran right into that stubborn defense again to be denied after 17 phases this time. But we at least had a penalty to fall back on. Uh, Harry Byrne was able to slot to at least to get us, at least get us on the board. And maybe, Rich, you can tell us about what you thought about his overall performance on the night. Uh, I really hoped that he was going to have a good performance. Um, and again, you know, you need to place these things into context. Uh, he was working behind uh, a pack that was getting bullied by the Ospreys pack. So, you know, clearly makes things infinitely more difficult for, for an out half. But um, as I said earlier about uh, speaking about Ulster, um Harry Byrne has an issue, and the issue is up here. He's clearly not lacking in any shape, manner, or form, in skill sets, in any of that. I, I, I really don't know what happened when he went over to, when he was sent back from, the, from that tour. Um, I, I, you know, the rumor mill says that he was a naughty boy, um, and that's why he got sent back, that there was a bit of hubris and arrogance involved, quite possibly. Um, I don't know, but what he needs, and, and you could sense the frustration and some of those kicks, he he was trying that bit too hard and he was being, you know, had that kick across to Dan Sheehan worked. Yep. Different ball game. We wouldn't be having this conversation. I would be not speaking, even a yard in that. Yeah. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing. Not even that. So had that worked, Harry Byrne would have had a, a magnificent match. The fact of the matter is it didn't work. Um, so his issue is one of confidence. His issue is one where, and, and, and you know, contrary to other players, he's probably extremely well equipped to, to deal with that simply because his elder brother has also gone through crises of confidence and is there to put his arm around his, uh, his brother's shoulders and say, Harry, come on. You know, so... That is what I think he needs, uh, because we've all seen what he can do uh, when he's been playing freely and without, you know, and and all of these things are, and when you're an old bugger like me, uh, when when you go through life, you you get knocked down. Uh, We all get knocked down at some stage or several several occasions, (laughs) the longer you live. Uh, but, But it's about how you get up. And who's around there to help you get up? And I think that's what it needs. He, he, he must have had a huge knock to his confidence when somebody told him, okay, jump on the bloody flight, go back home. That must have knocked him. He's only young, for God's mm-hmm. sakes. So somebody needs to get, put, wrap their arms around his shoulders and say, look, Harry, chill. <laughs> chill. You are a 
brilliant player, but you need to work. You need to work. You need to put in the hard graft because things aren't easy in life. You know, life's shit. And, and then you die, as you know, as the old saying goes. So I think that's what it needs. Uh, I think that's, you know, just a few words of advice. And I really do hope that somebody does have that chat with him at some stage. Um, because yesterday was an opportunity for him, which he fluffed. Uh, but, you know, we're all human. We all make mistakes. Um, let's, you know, let, let's give him some some support Let's get him back on the road to being a good player. Because all players go through crises of confidence. Every Absolutely. single one of them. They're, they're human. Sure, we, we, we were talking about Sexton making a few mistakes like last yeah. week. And it, yeah. it does happen. And uh, does. and like I was saying, like I said somewhere, I can't remember what social media or WhatsApp. I'm on so many of them. I don't even know which one it is at this stage. But I, I, the first half I said, he's not having the best first half. Which doesn't mean it's all it's all his fault that Leinster had the score they, they did, but it's from, it's just from his point of view, things weren't going from, like you say, there was marginal. He had that, he had another one that went out on the full. He had a kick that went out in the full that brought us all the way back. And um, you know, that happens. And the question is like, you know, what does he, like you say, what does he do the next time? And um, you know, there's a possibility that Ross Byrne may have got injured in this game. We don't know. We'll have to see um, mm. what happens and with Sexton and Frawley and all that out. We're going to need him over the next few weeks. And what he does need is game time. Mm. And um, for most of the second quarter, anyway, we, we struggled to add to our three points until we we actually won a penalty ourselves at a scrum as Nikki Smith was done for hinging which gave us a line out in their 22 where we need something special to get past the defense key go here we go I said death taxes and Ross Byrne there a second ago I should change it death taxes and Dan Sheehan um, now usually we're used to him at the back of a driving mall and he dots it down this time he had feet that should be on an OnlyFans page it was very very impressive but it started with someone who I feel uh, is in the running for our player this season. Obviously, we've got Jimmy O'Brien, we've got uh, Osborne, but I think Charlie Natai has done a great job for us in the midfield. Um, you look at the job he did against the Ospreys, he did take a responsibility. He did take the ball into contact. He did say, I'm going to smash through you and we're going to keep the ball. He did his job really well. He did a great drive into their number 10. I, I think I think their number 10 was picking the shoelaces out of his own mouth afterwards. Ball moves pretty quickly. Really, really sexy. But I love when the pass is so good, you can see the ball spinning. And that's, this was one of those passes. And you could see Sheehan lining it up from the car park, picks it up. I think he beat three guys and three, three opposition in the end. Um, dummy inside, beats two more and scores a try. Shows that he has feet, he has gas, he has power, acceleration, ability to be in the right place at the right time. And our hooker was on the wing, much like Van der Fleer. Uh, last week in the RDS, I'm sure this was called. We were watching that game. Vanderflair called it two phases back, and I'm sure Sheehan did a similar thing. He was like, lads, I ha I'm ready to rock and roll. My, I'm, I'm warmed up. I'm ready to do a sprint here. And that's what he did. Another great try. What, regardless of the result, there were a lot of great tries in this game. Yeah, and it ties into what we were saying. We said the Ospreys had posed us a problem. They were stubborn in those defensive, their short situations. We could have gone with just pick and goes. We could have gone another mm -hmm. 12, 13, 14 phases. But we had, a, like you say, there was a set plan there for um, Charlie to do the crash ball. And Foley would have known he needed that pass. He needed to do a special loop pass out to the wing. He was on the money with it. Dan still had work to do, but it was Dan. Yep. So he did yep. the work and he got over the line. It was an amazing try. And um, Harry showed that he actually, that he can convert himself as well from the touchline. He added the two, which means uh, it evened things up and the half kind of fizzled out from there, leaving the score at the break. Osprey's 10, Leinster 10. Now, Leinster were forced into a cha change at the break as Rob Russell had to come on for Charlie Natai, and our sub was involved uh, early in the second half as the ball went to the ground off him, and Foley instinctively dived on it from an offside position, giving a kickable penalty and the beginning of a strong third quarter for the home side, Rich. Yep. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we expected a, a reaction from, from Leinster in the second half, uh, but in actual fact, what we got was the Ospreys continuing their um, and, and increasing their momentum in, in that third quarter. Um, and it must be said that, you know, matches are 80 minutes and these are microcosms and, you know, we, we conveniently break them up into quarters. But the fact of the matter is you need to look at these things holistically. Um, 
and the composition of, and I use the word guarded, uh, guardedly, the, the, the composition of a performance is, is like a symphony and you need to know exactly what to hit when. Um, and um, the point I'm making is that an awful lot of energy was expended by Ospreys, both in defense and also in that third quarter. And the fact of the matter is that we, we got and reaped the dividend in that, in that fourth quarter, obviously. So th th that is the point that I'm making. Yes, it was very, very good, but they never at any stage in that match put us away. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. We were always within a score mm -hmm. other than when we were 10 points behind. And even then, Leinster being 10 points behind is, is nothing. Uh, you know, and I, I, I really don't want that to sound hubristic or arrogant. It isn't, it is fact. You know, Leinster being 10 points behind, Toulouse being 10 points behind, Toulon being 10 points behind, Saracens being 10, point, being 10 points behind. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> eh, eh, the point I'm making, any decent side who is within reach will claw its way back into the match. And we did it against Ulster. We did it against Munster. Uh, a man down. Uh, you know, uh, so Ospreys, it was a question of time as to when we would start clicking. And I, I, I won't continue because I am, con you know, I'm, I'm, I'm condensing my comment to the third quarter. OK, and uh, no, that's fine. And they, they added a second penalty in that time as well. So it was 16-10 by the time it got to the um, to, to, to the 60-minute mark. And uh, also in that time, Leinster tried changing halfbacks as uh, Ross came on for his brother while Nick McCarthy replaced Cormac Foley. And as the game ticked into that final quarter, Leinster were denied once more in midfield by those pesky Osprey defenders when Brian Deeney knocked on at the end of a 15-phase set where we basically got nowhere. However, after all was said about the home side's tackling Kigo, we weren't too shabby ourselves in that department when it mattered no um, when it mattered we were we were ready to rock and roll um now i again maybe i'm being a bit negative here on a sunday our our, our tackles success rate was under 90 percent uh and that's been the number i'll repeat in this this call all day it has to be 90 plus regardless of who we're playing so there was a lot left on the, not a lot there was tackles left out there missing 17 again as, as Richard says, we're, we're never really in trouble, but you can't get used to letting these tackles slide. 17 is too many. Five penalties on our own half conceded. I don't mind. That's pretty good. Um, I think, what did we say earlier on? Munster were four, I think, or whatever. If not that it's competition. But eight in the opposition half, which is far less than, than them, which is a good, a good stat to have. We've got to remember, this is not... This is... I don't like saying first, second, third string, but this was a different team. And it does take a little bit of time for all these pieces to gel together. Uh, now, once we got into quarter four, as we're going to talk about, and, and got into flow state, all these sort of things ready remedied themselves. But there were moments where I thought we're giving away too many penalties. We're missing too many tackles. Um, we can't do that every week. So it's not an every week thing. We tackled and defended well when we had to. But if you look at the first try again that we were talking about, that was just pure... We got dragged in after the penalty was given. I think when Jones was being a bit of a cute whore there, we were letting ourselves to be dragged into that silliness and then we didn't reset in time. So our defense was slow to get back. It's a rare thing, but it did happen. And if teams see that happening, they just need a player to make an arse out of themselves and that slows the whole thing down. So lessons learned, but we weren't in trouble. So you can't say the defense was in any way an issue. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just it was just that particular moment when we'd just been denied 15 phases ourselves. Then we had mm -hmm. then then they had 10 phases around the same time. And um, we forced, I think it was the knock on. I think Alan Wynn Jones was the one knocking on at the end. But that's what happens if you keep going and you're, you're afraid to kick it in the backfield. You're afraid to you kind of run out of options. That's when the mistakes happen. And I think we, like you say, when it mattered, we were, we were, we were able to produce the goods. Um, and then on 61 minutes, I thought we'd actually squandered a really good opportunity to reduce the deficit when we'd won a penalty in the 22. I thought we'd go for the posts being, uh, being away from home and stuff, but Ross Byrne put it to touch and quickly after the lineout, Dewey Lake stripped it from us shortly after it. So, um, Hope, you know, however, we weren't for giving up because when their clearance found touch and we went back at them from the resulting line out, Rich, um, we, we had ourselves another chance. We did indeed. Um, and it was very quick thinking. And, and this is where the, 
the tiredness of the previous 60 minutes kicking, you know. Um, Ospreys were clearly tired. A uh, couple of quick passes around the back, lovely hands from uh, Jamie Osborne, who I, I think needs requires a, a, a plug. Jamie Osborne is a player. And he will wear green in the future. What a player. Um, and he's got a, a wonderful partner now, normally, uh, uh, in Charlie Natai. Who better to teach you the ropes uh, of playing in the centres, you know? Uh, quite apart from Gary and uh, and Robbie Henshaw, of course. But, you know, uh, but I, I digress. So lovely hands by him. Back, a couple of uh, passes around the back. Hugo Keenan sees the space, just goes through, whizzes through in the, the way we've been accustomed to seeing Hugo Keenan do. And, you know, he sees the space and he's through. And uh, end of story, over the line. Um, uh, well worked try. If you look at the overlap, there was a, another couple of players that could have taken that, uh, but he didn't need it. He just went straight through. So lovely try, very ruthless try from, oh, and I must remember, from the Leinster juggernaut, because if they mentioned it 20,000 times <laughs> last night in commentary, <laughs> bloody hell, you know. So the Leinster juggernaut, Hugo Keenan, scored a, a, a really well-worked try, which was basically the dividend of having stayed within one score and tired Nospreys out where they were just out completely absolutely knackered uh so we we went we found the width and and hugo was over absolutely and uh, yet another solid conversion went over the post this time from mr reliable ross burn he yep. a one one point advantage uh and we didn't seem happy with simply bringing that lead home jack cone and jack of the penalty for us in midfield which led to the iconic photo which i've been sharing on social media all day on sunday from there we got over the line only for michael milne to be held up so we had another go at them from the goal line dropout giga yeah, absolutely. And as, as we've been saying, the strangulation effect, Leinster Jitsu was paying dividends here. And we, we've got another dividend here. Um, uh, Jimmy O'Brien is Jimmy O'Brien, Jamie Osborne, that's high. There's a lot of players ready to step up uh, for, for player of the season already. Uh, but Jimmy O'Brien is, is, is my favourite so far. Um, he could sell ice to Eskimos. There was a dummy in there that I bought from the coach. Um, it was unreal. But we were in flow state at this stage. There's quick balls, quick passes. It was it was really nice to see. Um, but there was uh, the pass before it got to Jamie Osborne. Apologies, I can't remember who made that great pass. But um, it was quick ball, quick ball, and then they they went straight and and delayed that pass. Then Jamie Osborne sped it up again. It's if you watch it back, it's really really high IQ stuff to confuse everyone on the Osprey side. Then the ball goes out to Jimmy O'Brien, and listen, he's worth twice the price of admission. Like he's on a run. We're talking about Sheehan. We're talking about all these kind of guys who are on a run. O'Brien is right there. Osborne's right there. They're worth going to see when they're in this flow state. Uh, it's a great try. Again, another great try in this game. Um, and again, he, I don't know, two guys he beat? I can't remember now. He, 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 it, there was work to do, and he did it easy. Absolutely. I mean, like, but as you said yourself, we, we set this up from the third, the third quarter set this up for us. Um, mm. He, he, his, his main, he, he beat three players and the main step was around Kai Evans, who's no slouch mm. stepped around them. Like there was no, like he wasn't even there. And uh, even for the previous try, you said Hugo Keen and he went around Scott Baldwin. Now maybe he's a forward, but he was literally just on the pitch. So it was a fresh pair of legs on the pitch, but he's flat footed him, got around him. And, yeah. uh, and uh, that's, that's where in that key, that those key moments there is where we, where we got the edge. And um, and although this uh, conversion was a shade easier when it came to position on the pitch, the conditions, the pressure from the ref to get it taken on time, plus most of all, the booing of the home crowd made it all yeah. the trickier for Ross Byrne, but none of that swayed him as he slotted us to give us a crucial eight-point lead with just 10 minutes left. Now, a minute, just a minute later, Ross Byrne seemed to need some serious attention. Although he did see out the match, he tended to stay away from the tackling line. So he'll be keeping a nervous eye on the injury report on Monday to see what's up with himself and Charlie Natai in particular. Yeah. But for this final portion of this wrap, maybe, Rich, you can talk about Jack Conan's overall performance. We can see how the home pro broadcaster gave player the match to an Osprey, but I really felt Jack was in, for a in with a shout for a two. Yeah, the timing of the announcement of the player of the match was awesome. Um just as the poor bugger knocked on. <laughs> um, Jack Conan, uh, I, 
you know, we'll come on to general thoughts later, but I, I think it's pertinent to note that had some of those passes stuck in the first half, we would have been out of sight very soon in that match. And this would have been yet another 60, you know, 50 burger romp. Um, the fact of the matter is that it wasn't, and it's a, and that is a good thing because A, the team needs to be tested, and B, as a fan, it's far more satisfying to win a game like that than beat a team 80 or 90 nil. Um, but Jack Conan, it's almost as if a switch came on in that final quarter. Uh, it's not that he was being, and you know, pressure. Uh, this is one of the guys who had quite possibly the best British and Irish Lions tours. Okay. But what, ha what happens is that you've got the, the Kalen Dorises of this world who are now, if you look at the pecking order, he's ahead of him. So what you have is a Jack Conan who is thinking, oh shit. Okay. So, and, and w w like most of these things that we're talking the top two inches. So I think Jack Conan was trying a, a little bit too hard in that first half. And it, it's almost as if something clicked at some stage in that second half. And he was just like a man possessed. That is probably the best 25 minutes we've seen out of Jack Conan in a long, long time, a long, long time. And I, for one, I'm incredibly pleased because I, you know, I really have always liked Jack Conan uh, as a player. Um, and, you know, that and that uh, iconic photograph of and, you know, the, the if you can read, uh, you know, if you, if you can lip read, it was awesome uh, because it, <laughs> it, it, it simply adds to, to the photograph. He was saying something uh, like, oh, jolly good show, didn't I? Oh, absolutely. Words to that effect. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. So anyway, and, and, and that is what it means. And it's not just him. If you look at that photograph, those players around him, you know, they saw that they were in a bit of a hole and they dug themselves out of that hole. Uh, and that was that moment is the one that said, you know, beep, yeah, uh, you know that that that's what that was. Uh, if Milne had been over, eh, game over. It, it, it's all these all these moments that and, and you know that that that, that, that and that's what happens in in all these games. But Jack Conan in that final twenty five minutes was, you know, I repeat, like a man possessed. Absolutely. His carry, his carries up the field. He was just unstoppable. This is after having played for the previous <laughs> fifty-five minutes <laughs> um, against people who were coming on. So yeah, he he had a he had a great match. And 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 yes, should he have been player of the match? Quite possibly, quite possibly. Yeah, I mean we don't uh, we don't begrudge the home broadcasters. It's happened the other way many times as well. They're gonna they're gonna give it to one of their own guys. That's fine. No Akigo, what do you think? I was gonna say we're not gonna appreciate Conan uh, until we're seventy, having pints around the bar, and remembering things like this. You know what I mean? Because we're gonna find that you know all of a sudden it's closing time, and we haven't spoken about anybody else, and that's that's gonna be things that are gonna happen. There's a lot of players like that, and I'd say it's tough for him. There's kind of a, an injury and things like that to kind of knocked him back. We have the best back row on the planet. Uh, and it's tough to get back into these places. Like you look at our Kelleher trying to trying to get his jersey back from Sheehan and Sheehan does what he did uh, in this game. Um, he led. He spotted there was issues going and he led. And that's what experience does. It's like mm -hmm. that, that um, slow down pass before it got to Osborne. That's experience. And you look at, at what all of the leaders in the squad on the day did. They showed their experience. Uh, and that is that is a beautiful thing to see. But he stood up and he was a leader and he made sure we got home. Not that he, anyone needed dragging home, but he made sure. Follow me, lads, will be grand. I'm Frodo and we're bringing the ring home or whatever. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because we were saying on the preview how, um, like, like we've already said, he's 
he's somehow fallen down the Leinster pecking order. I mean, Ryan Baird, just the Ryan Baird, uh, Josh and Kylan just seems to be the perfect balance now for Leinster's back row. But the question is like, well, you know, like, well, what do you do with Jack? I mean, he's, he's, he's such a talent. He was great for the lions mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And I think he showed us, so it was up to him and this was his performance where he was going to show us and uh, where he definitely excels is just picking the ball up from the base of the scrum. It's one of the basic number eight roles, but he just does it. He builds up a head of steam and that crash ball, the, 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 momentum he generates he just challenges you to, to, to stop him and uh, he's got you on the front foot before he did just did it again and again and again and he was determined and you saw his the look on his face um you just see the the emotion and it's, it's definitely what you want to see but anyway um although the Ospreys did to their credit push themselves to get back uh, including a Kai Evans penalty which brought them back within five our defense came up trumps once more uh, after we held them out for 13 phases in and around our own 22 until Vactane Abdelazza jackal the penalty and then right at the death as uh, as uh, Rich said Kieran Williams spilled the ball down at his own end of the park ironically right before the announcer proclaimed him uh, player of the match uh, which effectively ended the contest with the final score being Ospreys 19 Leinster 24. <laughs> So now it's just time for a few final thoughts from the lads, starting with yourself, Kigo. Yeah, it's been a tough week. If you look at our provinces, they're, they're the ones that we were worried about, Connacht and Munster, are starting to turn. They're starting to get those gears moving. They're starting to believe in themselves. Things are starting to stick. And the, 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 the team we thought were going to step up this year and really give Leinster a challenge are going in the opposite direction at speed. So like the Ulster thing, the big toss of the weekend is the Ulster issue. Um, you know, we've all had tough times and things like that, as, as Rich was talking about. But it's a matter of picking when you make your decision. And we're not far off that. And it's unfortunate because a great coach may end up losing their job. I hope that doesn't happen. But they have to navigate it. They have to get experience in there to turn everything around. You've got Madigan there ready to rock and roll. Get him in. He's got experience. Get him trying to pull things forward. Keep it simple. Running everything. Um, with all due respect to, to, to the 10, it's just not... It's not right there for him. He's not leading the team. So we need we need someone in to do that. And we need four strong provinces to make one big jersey. And we just really need a, a, a big couple of weeks now before Six Nations kicks off for Ulster to start getting the, the momentum back and their players hit Ireland camp full of confidence. Yep. Rich? Yeah. Uh, as far as we're concerned, I'm really, really pleased that we're getting tested this season. Uh, because all too often we've come a cropper in, in previous seasons where we just swam through the, the URC. That is in no small measure to the, um, to the South African teams that have, that, that have uh, come on board. Um, it is good that we get tested. It is good that we get tested early in, 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 the, in the regular season because all of that stands us in good stead. I mean, can you imagine the learning yesterday's match will have been for Cormac Foley, who incidentally I thought had a very good game as well. Uh, I thought he had a very good uh, cameo last week as well. Um, you know, so so with, uh, for, for, forget the experienced players because they, they are experienced. Um, but for the youngsters, that, that it, it, oh, this is crucial learning, crucial learning. Um, and just one final point of, on, on leadership. Uh, Kigo highlighted it earlier about the 10 being a leader albeit not necessarily being the captain there was a huddle just before the end of that match yesterday there was one person talking to the huddle and the captain was still there and that was Ross Byrne yep absolutely I rest my case yep no, definitely. It's uh, it's 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 great the way the team's evolving, and uh, you know, it's one of the reasons we have this we have these discussions harping on rugby because the wider rugby, especially especially within the Irish bubble or even beyond, will be thinking, oh god, another Leinster win, yada yada. You know, it's uh, but we we need to look at it realistically, and the, hmm. the goals for Leinster in the season are of course silverware, which don't come until the end of the season, so nothing. Hmm. And uh, we have won anything? Yeah, exactly. And if we won fifty nil all of these games. We would it would be worse for us, um, and we're we're getting more challenges now. They're not, I and mean, we've only played one South African side. They gave us a hell of a challenge, but yeah. we have another games. Connet, we only beat them ten nil. Um, even Zebra, the opening day of the season, they they could have mm-hmm. beaten us in the final minute. We've had challenges. We've been we've been posed problems, and mm-hmm. we've overcome them. Now we will mm-hmm. place face better teams later in the season, but still, it'll stand to us when it comes to them. When it comes to then, and uh, mm-hmm. that's 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 definitely so. It's so it's so far so good. It's been great. In the 
results point of view, but the way we've learned through those results, the way we brought players through has been, has been definitely good to see. Okay. So now it's time to start looking at some of the online opinion um, from the full-time whistle starting on Facebook. Connor Cronin, regular contributor said, grinding out the win is great. And you learn much more from a game like that, but we need to learn fast, especially if the injury Ross Byrne picked up is bad. Um, Paul Smith said the sign of a good team is to still manage to win while playing poorly. So we'll take the points and move on. Then on Twitter, we had David Conan saying the bench won us the game. Ross Byrne is a serious good player. The amount of times we've won through his calmness. Very true. And just to get some Welsh opinion. Now, there was a lot of talk about negativity from Welsh fans. I'd rather not talk about them. Um, I'd rather talk about the, the good opinion. Um, and this is uh, from a guy who goes by the name Welsh. And his uh, comment is disappointing for Ospreys to be on the losing side tonight. But it was a cracking game. That's true. Then over on Mastodon, there's another Welsh opinion. This is a Welsh podcast called WRRAP. And uh, they said, it's not often you see a Leinster pack hit reverse, but they did deserve the win. Fair play. And then Jay Long, Leinster fan, said, seriously, good win on the road. And the Ospreys were proper up for it. That's true, too. Look, if you haven't yet joined the social media conversation for Leinster matches, why not give it a go? I tend to be on Mastodon during the matches these days, although we still do the post for full-time thoughts over on our Facebook page. So now it's time to wrap up round 12 of the United Rugby Championship. So here's the full set of results. Dragons 14, Bulls 29. Munster 33, Lions 3, Benetton 31, Ulster 29, Edinburgh 24, Zebra 17, Cardiff 22, Scarlets 28, Connacht 24, Sharks 12, Ospreys 19, of course, Leinster 24, and finally on Sunday, Glasgow 24, Stormers 17. So after 12 rounds, that leaves the table looking, it's looking good for Leinster again, especially with the Stormers losing. We now top the table, we still top the table with 56 points. The Stormers have 45 with a game in hand. Then you've got the Bulls with 39. Then you've got Ulster still in fourth with 37 uh, with a game in hand. Glasgow have 34 with a game in hand. Um, Benetton 33. Munster move up. Uh, they're 32. Edinburgh round off the top eight with 30. Then just outside that um, the playoff spots, you got the Sharks 29, but with two games in hand. Cardiff have 29. Connor 25. Lions 24 with one game in hand. Ospreys 24. Then the Dragons 17. Scarlet 17. And finally Zebra on the bottom with five. Now, uh, obviously, it goes to European matches next week, but just to give you a sense of the next round of URC matches, which will be round 13, it's at the end of January. January 27th, sees Scarlet's host the Bulls. Ulster played the Stormers. That's going to be a big game. And then on the Saturday, the 28th, you got Benetton v. Munster, Dragons v. Glasgow, Leinster host Cardiff, Edinburgh play Sharks, and Connacht host the Lions. And finally, on the Sunday, you've got Zebra against the Ospreys. So that's what's coming up in the United Rugby Championship. Okay, listen, that's brilliant, lads. We're going to leave it there for now. Many thanks to Kego and Rich for joining me, and we'll hope to have you on again soon. Thanks, guys. Cheers, guys. Thanks, lads. So that's it for this week. Be sure and subscribe to our podcast feed if you haven't already. Keep an eye on our website, harpononrugby.com, for all our features during the week. Next up, Leinster are back in Heineken Champions Cup action with a trip to King's home to play Gloucester. So we will, of course, be giving that all the usual harp and treatment with a preview before, another rap pod after, and all the usual features in between. As always, feel free to send us your thoughts, emails at paganoblog at gmail.com, or get us on any or all of our social media platforms. You'll find the links in the program notes. Until next time, stay safe, everyone. Slow.